All right. Are you ready for the Word of God? Father, we thank you for the good Word of God. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for life in the Spirit. That we are not subject to be overcome by situations and circumstances. But we are those of the Spirit, born of the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, learn to live in truth. Your Word says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. So we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been talking about the centrality of Jesus. Uh, We want to center everything, whether it's a church, marriage, family, individual life, dating life, finances, whatever it is, needs to be centered on Jesus Christ, the only foundation that should be laid. If you're going to build something on, it should be the only foundation that should be laid. Hebrews 12, 28 says, We are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Now, we live in a day and age where there's lots being shaken. A lot of stuff uh, being stirred, and the ideas of man are being proven once again very fallible. Very fallible. So let's lay hold of the unshakable kingdom and the unchanging person. In 2021, we talked about in centering on Christ, we want to know His person. That's first and foremost. Then we want to know His works. We covered that, and now here in 2022, we're talking about knowing His teaching. Knowing His teaching. If you're fairly new to Grace Church, we want to let you know that we exist to advance God's kingdom one heart at a time. It's right here on this banner. By this we mean just the Lordship of Jesus by His Spirit in the hearts of human beings. Jesus, I'll show you the scripture here in a minute. He uh, mentioned to Pilate that His kingdom isn't of natural origin, but He is a king and He has a realm whereby He rules. But it's the unseen realm of the Spirit and uh, the heart of man. That's where he rules in the unseen realm. Now, we can see the effects of it in the natural. Amen. You can see the effects of a human heart that's being governed and loved by the Lord Jesus Christ. You can see the effects in the natural. Uh, Who we are, how we behave. We are those who live intimately connected to Christ through a new covenant lens, a new covenant economy. It's very important. Getting our identity from him, which empowers us to put God on display and disciple others. One of the things that Brother Don shared yesterday at the men's prayer breakfast that was very powerful, I've said this myself before, maybe you've heard this phrase, that your walk with Christ, Christian life, is not a a sprint, it's a marathon. You know, it's not... the The enemy loves to snapshot any of us and say, oh, that's who you are. That portion of your life, that was you. It's it's a It's a journey, it's a marathon. But what he said... In adding to that is it's really a relay race. It's a relay race. So why do we want to intentionally invest Christ into one another and into others? Because somebody passed the legacy of Christ to us and we will be passing the legacy of Christ to someone else. We do not care if they ever remember the name Grace Church. We want them to remember the one who is Lord uh, and Savior of Grace Church. Amen? Amen. So that's what we mean when we talk about that. And we want to go to the teachings of Jesus. And then we not only want to hear those teachings, we want to obey them. Luke 6, 46, he said, Why do you call me Lord, Lord? But you don't do the things that I say. One of the teachings he centered on and spent a lot of time on is the reality of truth. Everybody say truth. Jesus was not a philosopher. He wasn't an idealist. He never said, hey, this could be, try this on for size. I created a hypothesis, you know, I'm not sure about it. Jesus dealt in truth. And he could because Jesus was God in the flesh. So everything he says is bedrock. He dealt in truth. You do not determine the truth. You don't even have, listen to me, young people, personal truth. That's somehow just only true about you and doesn't exist. There's only God's truth. There is the truth. And Jesus came bearing witness of the truth, which is the parent reality is what we call it, meaning it's the, it's the reality we, we came from, we originated from. It's the real reality. If you look up the word for truth in the New Testament, in the Greek, it's aletheia. It means the real Reality, And like I said, we call it the parent reality because it's really the reality we human beings came from. Now, yes, he fashioned you from the dust of the ground, but that's just the house. 
Go read the Genesis account. We did not stand up as a living being until he breathed his self into us. Spirit. God is unseen. Whoever worships him does so in spirit and truth. He breathed in the shell and then we stood up. And we came alive. So we originated from the realm of the spirit. Therefore, we're created to be sourced and lifed by the realm of the spirit. Not to be governed and moved by everything that happens to us in the natural realm. Fish came from water. So fish abide in water for life. The plants came from the soil. Go read the Genesis account. That's where I'm getting it. He spoke to the earth to bring forth the plants and vegetation. So by law of origin, origination, creation, plants have to abide in the soil to live. You came from the Spirit. So we are uh, instructed in Scripture and modeled through Jesus Christ to abide in and be sourced by the Spirit. The natural realm is a reality, but it's not the parent reality for human beings. Can I get a witness on that? Amen. John 18, 36, here it is. Jesus tells Pilate, my kingdom is not of the natural realm. If my kingdom were of the natural world, I would, my servants would fight like all your politicians do. There'd be blood everywhere. We have swords and all kinds of stuff. So that I wouldn't be delivered to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from here. Verse 37. Pilate said to him, Okay, well, are you a king then? Jesus said, You say rightly I'm a king. You can't be a king without a kingdom. A kingdom is a domain. King's domain. So there's a realm. As a king, he's got a rule. But it's the unseen realm. And he said, You say rightly I'm a king for this cause. I was born for this cause. I've come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. I'm going to, I'm going to give evidence to an unseen realm we call truth, real realities that you cannot see. And yet they're very real. Truth. You may feel not loved by God in the natural form of your senses. The enemy may say, Hey, you need to look at what Bill said about you or look what happened to your bank account. Clearly God doesn't love you. Those are natural things. The enemy will always build his case on the natural realm. God's case is built in spirit and in truth. And if you'll access those realms, those realities, sorry, then that will subdue what you're experiencing in the natural. Sometimes can even change it. Jesus would access the realm of the Spirit and then apply it to the natural realm and somebody's natural blind eyes were opened. But it came from the unseen realm where He rules. So He says, I was born for this cause. I've come to the world to bear witness to the truth. Look at this. Everyone who's of the truth, say it with me, hears my voice. Most people are not bound by demons. They're bound by listening to the wrong voice. My sheep, that's right, and I give unto them eternal life. My sheep know my voice. Everyone who's of the truth hears me and follows me. So he's telling Pilate, I'm here to bear witness to the the, the realm of truth, the realm of the Spirit where God resides. He may be unseen, but you can see His effects on the natural realm. The truth needs to be our anchor in this day and age. Amen. Don't let the anchor man on TV be your anchor. They'll lie to you. First John 5, verse 4 in the Amplified, Whatever's born of God is victorious over the natural world. Why? We got born again from the parent realm. Having begun in the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit. Galatians 5. Not only... Let, let me say it this way. I don't want to confuse you, but... Man was born of the Spirit back in Genesis. We gave that away. We broke fellowship with God. We separated ourselves. When we ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God had said, if you eat of that tree, you'll surely, you'll experience separation. You'll feel like a fish now out of water. That's why every human being you've ever uh, seen get born again, born of the Spirit. The Spirit returns to them. They don't kick rocks. 
They're not like, this was, Laura, this was the worst day of my life. What happened to you? Well, I accepted Jesus. My heart. (laughs) Now they feel right and they feel peace and they feel joy because the kingdom he rules is righteousness, rightness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. I love this. This is the victory that conquers the world, our faith, what our ability to see in an unseen realm and access real reality that circumvents and subdues what we're experiencing in the natural realm. Verse 5, who is it that is victorious and conquers the world, the natural world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he who came by water and blood, his baptism and his death is what he's talking about. Water, baptism, blood, death. Jesus Christ, not only by water only, but by the water and the blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is the truth. So when he's telling Pilate, I'm here to give evidence of the truth, he's bearing witness of an unseen realm that is a greater reality than what man sees and experiences in the natural realm. That we can overcome. Everybody say overcome. Look at this, John 16, 33, Amplified. Jesus said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. Be confident. Because in the natural world you'll have tribulation, trial, distress, and frustration. Everybody see that? That's what happens in the natural world. It's a fallen realm. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident. Be certain. Be undaunted. Don't be moved. Be unshakable. Because I've overcome the natural world. I deprived of its power to harm you. I conquered it for you. I came. I died on the cross. I became the door to the realm of the Spirit. I reconciled you to God. Reconciled me. I made you one with the Spirit of God again. That's where your joy comes from. That's where your love comes from. That's where your grace and your power comes from. Amen. He has opened the door to the realm of the Spirit. Matthew 16, Behold, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of God. Keys give you access. The keys of the kingdom. Jesus rules the unseen realm, uh, part of a man's heart, and it affects the natural seen realm. This is a book I wrote a couple of years ago. i got to start exercising. <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. <laughs> I'd still, I'd be, I broke my finger playing basketball. I gotta get back to playing basketball. This is chapter five. Listen to this, Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created two separate worlds to work together. The heavens and the earth. One world is seen, one is unseen, one is physical, one is spiritual. One is natural, one is supernatural. One you have to hold with your hand, one you can hold with your heart. That's the realm he rules in. God's plan in creating these two worlds was to take of the one world heaven, the spirit, and put it in the other world, the earth. He would rule the seen world from the unseen world by living in the unseen part of a seen creation who is on the scene for him. We are on the scene for him. Deriving all our life and our source and our passion, our equipping from the realm of the spirit. I'm going to say it again. He would rule the seen world from the unseen world by living in the unseen part, your spirit, of a seen creation who's on the scene for him. In other words, God desired to put his unseen spirit inside your unseen spirit while giving you a physical body that would house him and express him. Do not marvel, Nicodemus, that I said to you, you must be born again. Because the wind blows where it wishes. You don't know where it's coming from, where it's going. So it is with all those born of the Spirit. In other words, you you can't see the wind, but you can see the effects of the wind. In the same way, you cannot see the Spirit of God, but you can see its effects through this seen creation I have on planet Earth that would extend who I am, my nature, throughout the Earth. And when man sees me as I really am, they'll be drawn to me. Now, God did this so we could together fill the newly created physical earth with his righteousness, peace, and joy. Oh, anybody want this book? Donna. (laughs) We're going to get an oxygen tank. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm not proud. I don't care. All right. <laughs> so I need to lose a few pounds. All right. Add it to my list of sanctifications. <laughs> so since Jesus taught truth, since he bore witness of the truth, guess what we want to do for you here at Grace Church? We want to help get you acclimated to truth. Get you acclimated to living life in the Spirit so you can walk in the Spirit, live in the Spirit, be aware of the Spirit, be aware of truth, and then act on truth every day instead of getting bowled over by whatever is happening to you in the natural realm. We want to see the amount of time that you spend every day acclimated to truth, owning the truth, being transformed by truth. We want to see that increase. The amount of time each day you're walking in and abiding in truth. This is very important because at Grace Church, we don't want you to just hear the message of God's love, His grace. How about this? His new covenant companionship. What we mean by that is it's not transactional. Jesus said, when I give you the Holy Spirit, He'll abide with you for forever. So when you do big pieces of stupid, He's there with you teaching you and training you. He does not forsake you. He doesn't wipe his hands of you and say, Father, this one's defective. Yeah. Remember when your one-year-old was learning to walk and he fell down 600 times? Did you just throw him out in the yard and say, well, this one's defective? No, you stay with him. You teach him by being with him. That's what the word discipline in the New Testament means. He teaches you, trains you while with you. Amen. So the new covenant companionship. So we want you to hear that message, but we want you to live it. Everybody say, live it. And then listen to this. Effectively be able to share it with others on a personal level. We want this so rooted in you, your revelation, your your love for Him, your uh, companionship with Christ, your knowing of Him, that you're able to, to share it on a personal level with other people. Amen. So how do we do it? How do we... Stay acclimated in the truth. Number one is a renewed mind. Right there. Renew your mind. Number two, walk by faith. And then I'll get to the other one here in just a minute. But on recapping a renewed mind, a renewed mind is a weapon that allows you to participate with realities that are not immediately visible or present to you. A renewed mind is a weapon allows you to access reality that may not be immediately visible or present to you. How many of you know that Jesus, on his way to the cross that day, wasn't treated very well? Ripped his beard off his face, beat him, insulted him, and spit on him. And yet, he's on the cross, accessing some kind of reality. He's not focused on what's being done to him. He's accessing the realm of the Spirit where where his father is supplying him all that he needs. And he says this. Are you ready? Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He is not focused on, boy, I tell you, when I come back, Brian, I'm going to slay every one of these suckers. (laughs) That's what we'd say. (laughs) Then you can say, oh, that's, that's Jesus. I mean, okay, Stephen, first martyr in the Bible, says the very same thing. They stoned him. Father, don't lay this charge against them. How is this happening? They access realities that are not immediately visible or present to them in the natural realm. But they're very real realities. They're great truths. Man. Brother Ed George, I was having a conversation with him yesterday. I thought this was so good. Where is Ed? There he is. Man, had a great conversation with him. He was talking about... I had mentioned last week about forgiving ourselves. He said, you know, it's really not about even forgiving ourselves. We can't, we don't even have the ability to do that. He said, it's really acknowledging and participating with the truth that yourself is already forgiven. Just abide in truth. Join yourself to the truth because in the truth, you're forgiven. So why are you grudging on yourself? It's a powerful statement. In the same way, if you want to grudge on your spouse, what should you do? Work hard, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. How about this one? If you'll beg long enough, if you'll make me dinner, 
If you'll take the trash out, I'll forgive you. It's not for saleness, people. It's forgiveness. Well, I'm not getting much help on that. (laughs) All you do where your spouse is concerned is realize they're forgiven. That's the truth. Abide in truth. Abide in my word, he said. The truth, your participation with it will make you a free person. And now you're not holding grudges because, you know, the enemy tells you, hey, if you'll hold a grudge and keep your love from those people, you'll have power over them. That's not true. He's exercising power over you. That's what's happening. So a renewed mind, crucial. Wash your mind with the Word on a daily basis. Renew your mind, Scripture says. You have the mind of Christ, Scripture says. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Think on these things. Meditate on these things. Set your mind. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Romans 8, 6. The mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. The mind set on the Spirit. The mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. So use your your mind renewal to access this. Greater is he that's within me than anything outside of me. And begin to learn what it is to walk in truth. All right. Number two, walk by faith, not by sight. Second Corinthians 4.18. Let me find that one. There it is. While we do not... What's it say? While we do not look... At the things which are seen, but we look at the things which are not seen. He's, he's asking you to look at unseen things. So just like your physical man has eyes and ears, right? And senses. Your spirit man does. I'll just pick one for you. Revelation 3.22. Let he who has ears to hear, hear what the spirit says to the church. So we have spiritual eyes and spiritual ears. That's what he's talking about. Look at the things that aren't seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but that which is unseen is eternal. That's the lasting realm. That's the real parent reality. Second Corinthians 5, 7, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Faith is participating with all he's made available to you. How about this? If you just... If you just rightly divide this, what he's saying is when you walk by what you see, you're not walking in faith. Yikes. (laughs) So the opposite of living by faith is living by what you see, what you feel, what you experience in the natural. How are the guys in the Colosseum who are being murdered for their faith in Christ, how are they singing hymns? How are they worshiping God? Because they're in faith. How's Jesus say, Father, forgive them? Stephen, Father, forgive them. They're in faith. They're not looking with natural eyes. Jesus told Pilate, one of, my reason, one of the reasons I was made manifest was to give evidence to the reality of truth, of a greater reality, the realm of the Spirit. Faith is participating with the reality that He's already made available. Faith applies the truth. Faith is not you doing religious things to get God to do something. Faith is you dancing with truth, which is already established. Look at Philemon 1.6. Put it on your fridge this week. The sharing of your faith becomes effective. How many of you want your faith and the sharing of it to be effective? We do. Well, how's it happen? Start acknowledging every good thing that's in you. Where? In you. In the unseen part of you. You are righteous, forgiven, cleansed, whole. One third of you is heaven ready. Deal with it. <laughs> I know your soul and your body. I get it. We, our mind needs renewed. I know that. But your spirit, man, start acknowledging all the good that's in you in Christ Jesus. Start applying the truth. Man, wash yourself in the Word. Faith lives in the awareness of truth. Believes, receives, and acts on truth. Because James 2.20 says, without faith, uh, or faith without works, sorry, is dead. Faith without works or evidence is not real faith. So we need to believe it, receive it, act on it. And I gave you these last week, but I, I'm still in my introduction. <laughs> I hope that's okay. <laughs> Number one, live like it's true. That's what faith does. Live like it's true. If all your sins are forgiven in Christ, and they must be, or He wouldn't be living in you. That's how holy your spirit has been made. He lives there. 
So if all your sins are forgiven, why are you keeping debt against other people? Live like it's true. That, hey, I really am forgiven because God says I am. You got to let him love you into loving. Let him forgive you into forgiving. Participate with the reality that's been given to you. Number two, thank him for it. As soon as you start thanking him that you're loved, uh, thanking him that he's always with you, you're not going to try to earn any of that. Because you're worshiping him, thank him for it. Number three, take the truth, study what it means. If God says you're his child, what does that mean? Ponder that. Think about it. God says I'm his child. What does that mean? It means he provides for me, he protects me, he loves me, and he trains me while with me. Amen. Amen. Number four, get God's word on it. So look up scriptures to apply where you're struggling. If you struggle believing God loves you, get get all the scriptures on God's love. Dig into the word with him. Let him show you some things. Number five, speak what God has said about you out loud over yourself. That's Romans ten seventeen. Faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Get the true you book out there on the bookshelf, page three and four. Start every day. I'm the righteousness of God. I am cleansed. I'm a priest in the kingdom of God. I'm a partaker of his divine nature. These are all things God says you are. What's that mean? God can't lie. So these are all true things. Jesus came to bear witness of truth. Let's start dancing with truth. Let's believe it, receive it, and act like it's true. Then teach it to somebody. There's something that happens when we teach what God's teaching us to other people. It just helps it stick. Number seven, confess it to spiritual family. If you're struggling with something, faith doesn't keep it to yourself. Share it with your brothers, your sisters. The prayer of faith is powerful and effective. Okay, nobody here thinks you have it all together. You may. (laughs) But just know we're all praying for you. (laughs) Number three. Everybody say number three. How do we get you acclimated to truth? How do we apply it, own it, be transformed by it, change it, reprioritize our lives by it? Redeem spiritual disciplines from a new covenant perspective. Things like prayer, fasting, sitting in Scripture, public worship. How about this one? Private worship. If you want to have a more powerful expression, public expression of Jesus, spend more alone time privately with Jesus. How about meditation? The world's trying to pervert it, but it's absolutely biblical meditation is not the detaching of the mind. It's the renewing of the mind. We've got to have our mind engaged in meditation. We're just washing it with the truth. Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost on that. We're going to recapture the value of things like fasting and prayer. How about prayer as listening? Not us telling God all the time. Can you imagine spending all our prayer time telling Him what we need? When A, we don't really know better than Him what we need. And B, Jesus said, the Father knows what you have need of even before you ask. So please don't waste all your prayer time on telling Him what you need. (laughs) How about praying in the Spirit? When you pray in the Spirit, according to Jude, verse 20, you're building up your most holy faith. So your ability... To walk not by what you see and experience in the natural, but it sets you in the spirit. It's powerful discipline. How about prayer as receiving, sitting in the presence of the Lord? You know, this thing on prayer, I talk about prayer as listening, but if somebody's going to do 90% of the talking, it should be him. Is that fair? He already knows you. Maybe you should get to know him. And the best way to get to know him is listen. The real work of prayer is to be silent. That's your effort. Are you listening to me? The real work of prayer is for you to be silent and listen to the voice that will speak truth over you. Yeah, exchange your desires for His. Remember that scripture in Psalm 37, delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart. Basically what he's saying is if you'll delight yourself in the Lord, He'll give you the right desires. (laughs) 
Don't turn it into gimme, gimme, gimme. My middle name is Jimmy. My last name is Moore. <laughs> That's not prayer. The purpose of prayer, are you ready, is relationship, not religion. Prayer is not a discipline we engage in to prove how spiritual we are and how much God loves us better than everybody else. That's what I mean. We've got to redeem this from a new covenant perspective. Sitting in His presence. Be still and know. So knowing God, there's a principle there. You can know Him in stillness. Be still and know. How about sitting in Scripture? If your reading of Scripture is not increasing your love for humanity, you're reading it wrong. (laughs) If your absolute knowledge of the Bible is not somehow translating to love for mankind, you're not sitting with the author. You're full of self-righteousness and legalism. If you read Scripture and all you want to do is go judge everybody else, I don't know, man. Get born again? I mean, seriously. There's too many people that have such knowledge of Scripture and yet it's not increasing their love for lost, broken humanity. Then you're reading it wrong. <laughs> Did I mention, let him love you into love? We love because he first loved us. Man, amen. John five thirty nine and 40, you pour over the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life, but you won't come to me, Jesus said. Purpose of the scripture is to bring you to him, the author. Now, you need to be in the scriptures every day. That's a good discipline. Be in the scriptures every day, but I beg you, make sure you invite Jesus into your time. But it doesn't make you all that in a bag of chips because you're reading the Bible. (laughs) I've had days that I started with Scripture and days I didn't start with Scripture. What did I I learn? The days in Scripture are better. In no way did it make God love me more. Was He inspired (laughs) by my discipline? You're not moving God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You aligning with Scripture and washing your mind with it is helping you. It's not helping Him. He'll love you even if you don't pick it up again. And you can bet Jesus will be interceding at the right hand of the Father for you to pick it up again. Does that make sense to you? Man, so so the truth is the truth. And we have this open invitation to dance with it and participate with it. Let's recapture the value of some of these disciplines from the right perspective, for the right reasons, from the right motive, and then with the right heart, which is the whole of the new covenant. It doesn't matter what you're doing outwardly. It matters who's ruling in here, who's motivating. Is it from a transformed, brand new heart? That it's, it's, a, it's, it's an incredible plan that he's going to bring Stacy near to himself, wipe away all of her sin, bring her into fellowship with himself, and, and let it be finished so that every good work she does, she does from his love and not for it. Amen. Amen. Who's the model of that? Jesus. Comes up out of the water after water baptism and the heavens open. You are my beloved son and you my, I'm well pleased. He hadn't done one miracle. He hadn't done anything. But the father wanted every miracle and every ministry of Jesus to come out of intimacy with him, not for it. Because ministry instead of intimacy is idolatry at its finest. But, but ministry that's born out of intimacy is powerful and effective. Because now I'm not meeting Kyle in the arena of the mind. It's not head-to-head combat. It's heart-to-heart. Let me reveal to you who I know, who changed my life, who touched my heart and changed my motives. Religion is dead letter. The whole of the new covenant is right heart, right motive. We're so often taught by all that's going on around us in the natural instead of being taught by spirit and truth. And that's what we want to change. We want to help you acclimate to the truth 
Jesus taught on truth. We want to hear what he's saying and we want to be able to apply it. Spiritual disciplines orient us to the reality of God and his kingdom in such a way we're not nearly as vulnerable to what's happening around us and to us. Brother Don calls it the CNS gang. Circumstances and situations come come to beat you up and move you off the spirit. Brother Matt Bacon calls it the yeah buts. I'm going to yeah but the truth with my circumstances. Yeah, Jesus said that, but I feel this way. And my feelings are God. Negative, right. Don't yeah but the truth with your circumstances. Yeah but your circumstances with the truth. Spiritual disciplines, which is the fruit of self under the control of the Spirit, increase your awareness of truth. Help us ultimately own the truth, be transformed by truth. Our lives reshaped by spirit and truth. Why is this important? Because if your life's not being reshaped by truth, you're going to be shaped by what's happening to you in the natural. Amen. We want you to be able to respond, not react. So let's get acclimated to truth using spiritual disciplines, not because it changes God's love for us or we're better than anybody. Jesus said, when you do these things, don't tell anybody. Your father who sees in secret is what matters. How many of you know how military training works? Like before the bullets fly, let's get you acclimated. That's what we're talking about. So that when the real bullets come, you can respond from an environment and a mindset that you've practiced. Amen. Boy, that's powerful. Do it when it's easy. Don't wait till you're stuck in traffic. Somebody's cussing you out and be like, oh, I guess I need to really grab hold of truth because the truth is God loves that guy. Come on, man. (laughs) Nobody's yelling at you at 5 a.m. I mean, I hope. Before you're in the pressure cooker, before you're in the lion's den, before you're in the fiery furnace, those guys, those three boys were, they were boys of conviction. They were already convinced before the trial came. That's what we're talking about. Spiritual disciplines are great for that. Prayer, receiving, sitting in his word, sitting in his presence, even corporate worship, public worship. This is a discipline. You didn't have to come today. But every bit is important as public worship is private worship. So we grow in these things to get acclimated to the truth. Disciples of Jesus are disciplined followers of Jesus. If you look up the word disciple, what is it? Learner, student, follower, disciplined follower. So discipline and obedience are good words for us. <laughs> Let's try it again. Discipline and obedience are good words for us. Amen. Yes. Yes, we love them. <laughs> we love the discipline. <laughs> but we got to let God rightly divide motives because fasting is in Scripture. Prayer is in Scripture. Man, they tried to make Jesus king one day, and guess what he did? He walked out, and he went to be alone with his father. Let me, get, let me just get reacclimated here, make sure I don't make a poor choice. Jesus modeled spiritual disciplines, guys. They're not bad words. And from a new covenant perspective, let me say it again. You're not doing it so you'll be loved. You're doing it because you're loved. You're not doing it so he'll like you. You're doing it because you're already liked. You're accepted in the beloved, my goodness. I don't know if I finished my story about Stacy, but he brings her near so that, yeah, I did. Everything that she does, she does from his companionship with him. Not for it. So Jesus modeled from a new covenant perspective. He never prayed so God would all of a sudden be moved and inspired by what he's doing. That God would love him more. Could you imagine, Jaretta? Jesus says to the disciples, hey, guys, I'm going to go up the mountain to pray because God will love me more. I just got to get up there, you know, and punch the clock. Because if I don't, he might kill us all. <laughs> but that's how our flesh thinks. Very transactional. Jesus didn't model transactional living. 
He knew everything he had from the, that the father had was his. That's why he didn't create debt with people. When uh, the boys wouldn't even watch and pray in the Garden of Gethsemane, he didn't go over to Peter and say, you know what, Peter, you can't watch and pray for one hour? I'm going to remember this. I'm keeping score. Go home. Your mother-in-law's sick again. I made her sick just to get you back. That's how we think. Jesus did model transactional relationship with the Father. He was full. He didn't need anything from Peter. He didn't need anything from the boys. They didn't have to perform adequately so he could have peace and a right, a right life. Does that make sense? Guys, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you. The same shepherd where David said, the Lord's my shepherd, I don't lack for anything. He lives in you. You don't lack for anything. You don't need people to perform. And you don't need circumstances and situations to dance your way so you can have joy. The world didn't give you joy. The world can't take it away. Your joy comes from the realm of the spirit and the realm of truth. Come on, give him praise this morning. Amen. Hallelujah, Holy Ghost. Boy, write this down if you're taking notes. You do not gain God through self-control. You gain self-control through submission to the love of God. Wow. Self-control is simply love's victory in your heart. When you say no to that temptation, it's just love's victory. Wow. Joy is love's strength. Kindness is love in action. All the fruit of the Spirit are tied to love. Self-control is love's victory. Um, love's the catalyst and the motive for spiritual disciplines. Because we love Him. We're not trying to create love inside of Him towards us. We're learning to rest in His love and live with His love and live the reality of truth. Romans eight fourteen. How am I doing on time? I'm going to wrap this up. Romans eight fourteen. The mature children of God, this is passion, are those who are moved by the impulses of the not circumstances. You did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back to fear of never being good enough. Did you know if Brian sits with the Lord and the Lord says, I want you to fast a couple of days this week, and he only fasted a day and a half. God still loves him. Amen. It's not all over. Right. Brian has been delivered because he's adopted and he's God's own possession, sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. He'll never return to fear of never being good enough. Amen. Never. This is truth. This is what he came to bear witness of. Father, please help us. Help us get acclimated to the real reality. Third John 1, 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. The natural is a reality. I give you that. It is. You can feel things. But there's a greater reality. And it's the realm you came from. You came from the Spirit. So you abide in the Spirit for life and source. Um... But look at this. You've received the spirit of what? Full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God. I mentioned this earlier. When's the last time you celebrated being God's divine choice? That, that He chose you in Christ before the foundations of the world. Not just chose you. Listen, chose you in Christ. Before the foundations of the world. You are accepted and your flesh wants to argue right there in your seat. Yeah, Steve, but not all my behavior is acceptable. Yeah, well, you're not your behavior. Amen. You're a new creation in Christ. You're not a behavior-made Christian. You're a Christ-made Christian. And so now you get to live out that which you've already been given. You've been given a, a new identity, so live out to that identity. Well, I tell you, I just don't see good fruit, fruit in some people's lives. They're probably not even saved. Let me tell you something. An apple tree is still an apple tree, even if there's no apples on it in this season. Stop judging everybody. If it's that much of a concern, do you help them? Help them. 
I want, you know, part of the culture of Grace Church, I, it's hard for us because of the flesh and the natural mind, but you're accepted here. Period. <laughs> you're accepted here because you're not your behavior. And I know that the one who lives inside of you will go to work if you'll partner with him and people that love you, he'll go to work on the behaviors that don't look like him. So look at this. You've received the spirit of full acceptance and folding you into the family of God. You'll never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, Abba, Father, beloved Father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood what? Real. The real reality to us as he whispers where? The innermost being, the unseen part of a man where Jesus rules. You are God's beloved child. Do you see why truth is so important and why the devil, there's so many lies going on in our country. There's so much deception all around us. Let's be the ones who have our ear to the truth. We can see the truth. We're living the real reality. This is important because remember, Jesus said people in the world couldn't receive the Holy Spirit because they couldn't see him. Okay. But now that he's in us, they'll be able to look at your natural body, your expression, and be like, you're, you're getting life from somewhere else. Because when you, when you suffered adversity in the natural realm, when you had tribulation trial, you didn't fall apart like everybody else. What's different about you? I see something different. So even though you can't see the Spirit, they can see the effects of it in our lives. He makes it real to us. We are God's beloved child. Let me continue on. And since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures. For indeed, we're heirs of God himself. And since we're joined to Christ, we have inherited all that he is and all that he has. What do we lack again? Well, I'll tell you, I've got to have healing. Well, the healer's inside you. Well, I've got to have grace. Well, the gracious one's inside you. You have everything that He is and that He has. We'll experience being co-glorified with Him, provided we accept in the, His sufferings as our own. I'm convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that's unveiled within us. The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of the God's glorious sons and daughters. The world is waiting to see the reality of what truth. He told Pilate, I'm coming to bear witness and give evidence of an unseen realm, an unseen God, but he's very real. And you'll be able to see his effects. All right, before we close, I'm going to have the worship team come up. Scott, Knapp, I want you to come up. The Lord, when we read this in devotion this week, the Lord really put this on Scott's heart, and I just wanted him to share what you saw in it. Scott's one of our worship leaders, by the way. Give him a hand. He's a <laughs> good guy. Wow. Just share a little bit of this passage. I will. Um, so the, the first thing I saw in this was that... Um, could you back up one slide, please? Can you oh, back yes, up? I can. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> there um, it is. Is that we are actually moved by the Holy Spirit. So everything that we do, everything we say, the people that we love, the people that we're angry with, whatever, we are moved by the Holy Spirit. And mm-hmm. say we're angry with that guy in traffic, whatever, Yeah, he's going to convict us of that because right. he walks with us. That's right. And, um, man, it's amazing. <laughs> I wanted to read one more thing mm-hmm. that ties this all together to me. Okay. And it's out of Ephesians 1, uh, verse, yeah, verse 14. Um, and this is out of the Passion Translation. I love how it's worded. Um, he is given to us, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. like an engagement ring. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, man. Wow. Let him touch you. It's good. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, has the first installment of a future inheritance which seals us until we have all redemption's promises and experience complete freedom. And he did this all for his glory. Yeah. 
Man, isn't that amazing? That's awesome. I love it. Why is that? Why does that touch you and the uh, acceptance? So spirit of full <coughs> acceptance, both those things really tugged on your heart. Yeah, because um, one, you said it earlier, God doesn't lie. Right. He never breaks his promises. Yeah. And he sealed us with this amazing gift of his spirit. Mm-hmm. And... What <laughs> it tears you up every dismissed. time. <laughs> I mean, look, I drop right there, you know. So um, I, just, I just think this is the most incredible truth. I love Romans 8 and I love yeah. Ephesians 1 because it just speaks to everything that God has done for us. Yeah. Not of ourselves. Right. But, but what he's done. But he's done. Amazing. Amen. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Amen. Stand with me, church. I wanted you to hear that from Scott before we sing this song. Because I want you to know I'm not, I'm not the only one. There's people all over this room, all over this church, that this understanding that there's realities I can lay hold of that are greater than what I experience in this natural world, uh, that it's happening. So, Father, as we enter into worship this, uh, this morning before we go, as we sing this, we worship I just ask, Holy Spirit, seal this word in our hearts. Let us grab this new beginning today. Let us be people of your spirit. In Jesus' name. You've been listening to Grace Church, advancing God's kingdom, one heart at a time. For more, visit us online at gracechurch.community.